0: One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome back Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlinks.com and host of Buffalo Rumlinks Q&A. Before we get started with this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that you could always leave your messages and questions for next week's episode over on our Twitter feed at Rumblings Q and a That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can call in your questions at 716-508-0405. You can send Facebook messages or Instagram messages. Email us, rumblings at sbnation.com. You can leave comments in the comment section of our show notes articles over at buffalorumblings.com as well. There are lots of ways to get in touch with the show, and you should let your voice be heard. If you missed it, I'd encourage you to go back and check out our episode from last week where we went live on Instagram and answered questions in real time for the first time in a really long time on this podcast. We're trying to do some reach-out over this off season to try to broaden our fan base of course but also to to answer bill's questions wherever they may be coming from on instagram we'll we'll try some stuff on facebook and twitter and maybe do a live q a right on the website as well Uh, so please follow us at rumblings q and a to get all the latest information on all of that and the rest of our socials as well let's get to your questions This week, we're going to talk about a topic that is on a lot of Bills fans' minds, and that's the text messages for backup quarterback and Bills fifth-round pick, Jake Fromm, from 2019. We've also got questions about how the roster is going to look moving into some of the off-season program, which we're not privy to, really, this year. Normally, we'd have Bills reporters covering rookie minicamp and then uh, Bills minicamp and some OTA practices, and, and we would be able to see how things were I don't know, sort of shaking out. They don't get a lot of access during those times, but we'd at least get something. So we're not getting that this year, so it's kind of going to seem like a really long off season. and I know a lot of Bills fans are struggling, so that's why we're here to sort of answer your questions and get you, uh, get you through this tough time. Obviously, with all of the things that are happening in our country right now, and the racial divide being put on full display uh, by the Black Lives Matter protests happening around the country, race and racism is already a hot topic in, in everyone's conversation. And that was exacerbated this week when text messages from Bill's rookie, Jake Fromm, came out from a year ago. Several of our questions for this week focus on the Jake Fromm texts, and we're going to answer them as honestly and quickly as we can to make sure you get the information that you need, but also keep in mind that, you know, I am a white guy. That's the perspective I'm coming at this from. Um, I'll be speaking more about the the team's reaction to it and how it's going to affect the bills going forward than, you know, the actual content of the messages, but let's at least start there. So here's what we know. In March of 2019, Jake Fromm was talking with somebody and made a comment about how his views had changed on gun control recently. He was talking about how limiting access to guns would be a good thing. And while that might be controversial in and of itself, his last comment was, quote, just make them very expensive so only elite white people can get them. Ha ha. So there's a lot of things that are wrong with that statement. Obviously Um, we sat on that for a little bit of time. We were waiting for confirmation from other news outlets or From or the Bills, and that eventually came later that afternoon. Uh, It was Jake Fromm announced it on his Twitter account that he had said it. He apologized for it. His message just said he was extremely sorry that I chose to use the words elite white people in a text message conversation. I promised to commit myself to being a part of the solution in this country. I addressed my teammates and coaches in a team meeting and hope they see this incident as not representative of the person I am. After that, head coach Sean McDermott spoke to the media and said that Fromm had apologized to the team, and it seems like that was the end of the conversation. So now that we've done that recap, let's get to what your questions were regarding Jake Fromm his uh, racist message, and the Bills going forward. So, be Mormon 2020 asked us, does this take care of the QB3 question? I thought it was going to, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought once those text messages came out that From was going to be released, I thought the Bills would just roll with Matt Barkley as their backup quarterback, and of course Josh Allen as the, the first quarterback, and and really just cut ties with their fifth-round pick. It's not a ton to give up. Um, Fromm might not have made the roster even even without this particular notion. So I, I did think that it was going to take care of the QB3 question. But once Sean McDermott came out later that afternoon and said that Fromm spoke with the team, um, once they gave him that opportunity, I knew that it wasn't going to be an immediate release. Just because you don't give a guy an opportunity to speak to the team if you're just gonna cut him. Now maybe they were waiting to see what he was going to say there, maybe they were gonna see what the reaction was in the team meeting. Obviously it was a Zoom meeting. And that of course complicates all of it as well, because he's never actually met any of these people, or he hasn't met very many of these people. And so they can have one very different opinion of him, you know, and we've all often said that it's you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And so if his first impression for, say, Tredavious White, who we'll get to in a second, is that Jake Fromm is super racist and elitist. Well, it's going to be hard for Tredavious White to change his opinion on Jake Fromm, you know, very quickly, especially when they aren't going to see each other until training camp. And they aren't going to have an away time at training camp, so they're not going to be hanging out outside of football practice. It's going to be very difficult for Jake Fromm to win over this locker room, and he doesn't have to win over the locker room for the Bills to be successful, but I'm just saying even for him to make the team and not be a centerpiece of friction in the locker room, it's going to take a lot of work from him and from the Bills coaching staff if they really believe in Fromm enough to put in that time and that effort. This roster was loaded to begin with. Keeping a third quarterback meant that they were going to have to lose a wide receiver or offensive lineman or a piece on the defensive line. So it might be very easy for them to just cut Jake Fromm at some point if his teammates aren't responding well. Uh, I don't know if Sean McDermott convened his leadership council before allowing Fromm to speak with the team or after, but it wouldn't surprise me if that group comes into play on this conversation as well to kind of gauge the, the team reaction to Fromm's messages. So is, does that settle the QB3 debate on the team? I thought it did, but apparently it doesn't. You can use your own value judgments on that. Thanks for your question, Mormon 2020 Sam Cook on Twitter asks us, Thoughts on Trey White openly liking retweets and comments about Jake Fromm's comments. Is there any way he can repair what he has done? When I talked about Trey White earlier, he's obviously the best player on the team, or one of the top you know, two or three best players on the team, depending on your perspective. He is a vocal leader as well, and of course very active on social media. So when he gets out on social media in the aftermath of the Jake Fromm incident and starts lobbing likes and retweets towards anti-Jake Fromm sentiments, you have to pay attention. Uh, Tredavious White is much more important to this team's long-term future than Jake Fromm is going to be. And so if, if this is a sticking point for members of this team, you know Jake Fromm has to go. So is there a way he can repair this? Absolutely. But without that personal connection, without being able to look these guys in the eye and put in the work, it's going to be very difficult for Jake Fromm to do that before training camp, during training camp, even during the season. So I don't, I don't know the way, the the way forward for this, the path forward for this. When, when Josh Allen had his uh, text messages or tweets from high school surface, where he used the N word as part of a song lyric. You know, there was a way for him to get over that. There was a way to explain to his teammates, "Hey, listen, this was part of you know a song lyrics that my friends and I were tweeting around. Um, I shouldn't have done it. Obviously, I didn't know it at the time. Like he could get in front of them and say it, and they could look in his eyes. Plus, he was a high first round pick. Everybody knew they weren't moving on from him, so everybody had to kind of come around to that. And Lorenzo Alexander put his you know arm figuratively around Josh Allen and kind of welcomed him in and said, "This is a learning moment." Uh, Lorenzo Alexander is doing the same exact thing for Jake Fromm, but Lorenzo Alexander isn't in that locker room anymore. Now he's been in a few team meetings, but he's not a member of the Buffalo Bills right now. And so while he is kind of still out there, still a presence, still has some influence over what happens in that locker room, it's going to be a lot harder for Lorenzo Alexander or really anybody else to, to usher in a fifth round pick and say like, listen, give this guy a chance. Um, because Lorenzo Alexander isn't on the team and a fifth round pick isn't as important as a top 10 pick. Uh, I don't want to compare those two incidents at all really. They're very different but I'm just saying that there was a system in place that allowed for Josh Allen to move forward onto the roster and become a leader on the roster whereas I don't know if there's that place for Jake Fromm, a backup quarterback at best, on this roster. So thanks for your question over at Rumlings Q&A, Sam Cook. Eddie Limage on Twitter also asks us as a New York city Bills fan, what I'm curious on the current feelings of the roster about from is the Bills organization still contemplating releasing him. Is there a huge split in the locker room post apology on whether they accept it or not? I'm assuming there's a lot of turmoil and conversation about not just from, but the entire racial unrest that's going on right now in this country. Um, The Black Lives Matter movement is everywhere right now, and so it would be silly to not think that the Bills locker room was also handling it and dealing with it. And that's where it comes back to guys like Sean McDermott, Brian Dable, and especially Leslie Frazier, who has been vocal. Um, As vocal as Leslie Frazier gets about any topic, he's been vocal about racial equality and He's been speaking out, whether it was in his press conference last week. um, He's doing a lot of other outreach uh, as part of NFL initiatives as well. Um, He's going to be a a guy in that locker room that people are going to look to, in particular, a lot of the black players, because he dealt with a lot of these things coming up during the 1980s as an NFL player. And he's dealt with it coming up through the coaching ranks. So uh, Leslie Frazier is a guy that can really unify this team. He's been very level-headed throughout this his entire career. Really, that's the hallmark of Leslie Frazier, and so you know, him being kind of the mouthpiece for for this time frame for the Bills, I think is is probably a really smart move as opposed to throwing out Sean McDermott or Brian Dable or Brandon Bean or the Pagulas or or folks that haven't dealt with uh, racism and the, this type of racist text. So. I'm also curious on the current feelings of the roster, Eddie. I don't know where they're feeling other than what they posted on social media. And it's been pretty darn restrained, I think, um, other than Tredavious White retweeting some stuff and liking some stuff. It's been pretty level-headed. Um, they haven't been speaking out, you know, at least publicly, calling for the Bills to to cut Jake from uh, the closest we came to, to that was Shaq Lawson, the former Buffalo Bills defensive end, calling for the bills to release Jake from and saying he couldn't play in a locker room with a guy like that, but that's as close as we've come to it. And so I'm very curious as to what's going to happen with it as well. As of right now, he's still on the team and obviously the longer that goes on, the more likely it is he makes it to training camp and at least can look some of his fellow players in the eye and explain himself. All right, on the other side of the break, we'll get to the rest of the Buffalo Bills topics of the offseason. Stick around. We'll be right back after this quick break. Don't go anywhere.
0: Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: B. Mormon 2020 asked us If I'm jersey shopping, what players that joined the team within the last year via free agency or the draft are most likely to be on the team six years from now? Who is your sleeper candidate to be that player? I think AJ Epinesa is the easy answer on this one. He is a guy that fits the mold that Sean McDermott's looking for on defensive end. Uh, He reminds me a lot of a guy that might not get a ton of sacks, but it's always going to be a valuable piece to a defense. And so even if, say, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean don't stick around and they have to go with the new defense, I think he could play a a nice role on any defensive line. So I think he has the highest likelihood of the players added in the last few months to still be here six years from now. Uh, Zach Moss might not last beyond his rookie contract. Uh, We don't know how Brandon Bean Values running backs at least since he was in Carolina. Gabriel Davis, uh, Jake Fromm, we have already talked about. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, Tyler Bass, even uh, Dane Jackson, the cornerback out of Pittsburgh. All of those guys have you know uphill climbs to make the roster, sure, but are no sure bets, and I mean, I don't even know if they're considered good bets. Um, I will give you a sleeper, and I think it is Dane Jackson, the cornerback from Pittsburgh. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be on the team six years from now. I don't know if I'd go out and buy his jersey. I don't know if he's going to be a starter, but I think he has a chance to stick on this team long term. So if I'm jersey shopping, what players that joined the team within the last year are most likely to be on the team six years from now? I think it might be A.J. Epinesa. But I'm not running out and buying an FNS jersey right now because I don't know if he's going to make enough splash plays to kind of be a fan favorite. Um, Chris Kelsey keeps coming through my mind. He's a guy that's going to be solid uh, but underwhelming maybe um, or solid but in the right place, does the right work. Uh, Even a guy like Trent Murphy, um, a, a guy that fans don't necessarily love and probably is a little bit overpaid but is just a solid piece of any defense. So he's the one I'm going with. If you want to look back at the free agents, I don't think any of them are going to be on the roster six years from now. Um, Maybe Daryl Williams, the right tackle, uh, has the best chance of that. He's only 28 and he's a former All-Pro, so maybe he has a chance to crack the roster and play his way onto the roster. But again, are you really going out and buying your right tackle jersey? Uh, I'm probably not. So just in the context of this question, I think... I don't know if anybody would be the right answer, uh, other than, of course, Stefan Diggs. Um, Stefan Diggs is only 26. He signed through age 30, so he's definitely got a chance to have another contract with the Buffalo Bills, uh, If, especially if he develops a great rapport with Josh Allen or whatever quarterback comes after Josh Allen as he finishes out that contract. So I, Stefan Diggs is by far the most likely answer, and he's by far the most likely player to have a jersey that you're going to want to wear six years from now. So I would go with Stephon Diggs for a lot of different reasons, and actually we have a link on our website right now over to the Bills fan shop, and you can go buy your Stephon Diggs jersey there. Um, that's not a cop-out just to get you know a promotional stunt in there. I mean, A.J. Epinesa may never have more than you know a few sacks in a season. Um, the Bills top... Free agent signings were all 27, 28 years old, even older than that. Um, so they're not going to be on the team probably six years from now. So I just think that Stefan Diggs really is the only answer in this conversation. Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Q and a At Hub on Twitter asks us, can Zach Moss make Devin Singletary expendable? I don't think so. I don't think that they're going to go with one Over the other, I think that they really designed them and planned out that they're going to be a two-headed running back tandem, just like Brandon Bean had in Carolina with the Panthers back in the day with D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. You want two good running backs, especially with how often they get hurt, especially, I mean, Devin Singletary missed time last year, and then you had to rely on Frank Gore. They really want two running backs on the roster, and both of these guys are cheap. There's no reason to move on from Devin Singletary at all until three years from now, or, or maybe even longer. So I don't think that Zach Moss makes Devin Singletary expendable. I think they're both going to be used when they're both healthy. And then, of course, when if and when one of them gets hurt, you're going to see the other one take over the lion's share of the carries. Thanks for the question at BuffHub on Twitter. Amy on Twitter asks us, We've seen all the quarterback's wide receivers, running backs work out together. Do other groups get together too and what do they do? Not as much. Uh, The passing shell is really the only time where you're trying to get on the same page physically on the field and figure out people's speed and um, where they're going to be and how they run routes and all that. You don't really see that with the offensive line, for instance, or even the defensive backfield because they're playing more of a reacting uh, style of play as opposed to a dictating style of play, which is what the offense does. So Theoretically, the game is supposed to be dictated by, uh, say, the the run, the way the running back runs the route is going to, he's going to be put into one specific spot on the field or the way Stephon Diggs uh, puts the move on the defensive back and then puts the Jets on to go past him or something like that. So figuring out the timing of all that is why the passing shell, the the running backs, the tight ends, the wide receivers, and the quarterback all get together and sort of figure that stuff out. The rest of it is a lot more reactionary, and so you can't really practice it as much in the offseason like this. I mean, there's there's things you can do to get better, but you don't necessarily need to be with a whole bunch of other people to do that. So that's a great question. Thanks for sending it in to Q and a on Twitter. Let's end it on a positive note this week. Uh, at Evan underscore zinger asks us what bills player do you think would be the worst at doing the macarena now if you haven't listened to eric wood's podcast from a few weeks ago featuring sean mcdermott i highly highly invite you to go do that uh it was great i just picked up the book recommendation that sean mcdermott made um to read over the course of the next couple weeks as we get into the you know end of spring and beginning of summer here but uh that's a tangent but what I didn't know and I would have said probably Sean McDermott but apparently the dude loves to cut up the dance floor according to that Eric Wood podcast so I would have probably said Sean McDermott but now I'm reconsidering that so which Bills player do you think would be the worst at doing the Macarena if I have to go with a player I've got to be strategic about it so like maybe Lee Smith but he's old enough where he probably grew up doing that thing like I did in whatever middle school or whenever that thing came out so I can't pick that guy. I'm going with the guy that lives and breathes football. He's got great hands, great hand speed, great hand power. Him doing the Macarena could be dangerous because of his hand speed and hand power, but I'm going to go with AJ Epinesa, who's 21 years old, um, went to Iowa, isn't really known for, you know, dancing and partying. I'm sure he's a fun guy, a nice guy, but he's the guy that I think might be the stiffest when it comes to the Macarena because he's too young to remember doing it when he was younger. And, he just um, doesn't seem like the guy that's going to be going out clubbing and dancing all over the place. Make sure you guys send me your answers for who you think would be the worst at the Macarena on Twitter, at Rumlinks Q&A, or put it in the show note, comments of the show notes section. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A. Make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people find the show. Um, leave comments in the comment section over at BuffaloRumlings.com, Help us get better. That's what we're always striving for at Buffalo Rumlings to help serve Buffalo Bills fans. We try to be everything to everyone. It doesn't always work, but please let us know how we're doing over there. Leave us your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. Tweet us at Rumblings QA. Email is buffalorumblings at SPNation.com. You can leave us Facebook messages or Instagram messages as well. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Thanks for
0: listening and go Bills.
1: Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smart Water Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you.
0: Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you
1: get your podcasts.